Presents Football Time. Hey, 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 and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here for the NFL. We're in week 14 of the NFL season, and uh, guess what? Uh, we got some funness going on. Uh, I thought we were done with this uh, last year, but uh, it's reared its ugly head once again. So, uh, yes, the Rams uh, will not be playing Tuesday. Uh, they're part of the ugliness that is ruining our pick show and uh, basically our NFL season right now. So uh, we're going to, of course, a meet and Achilles ring, try to get through this and five fine mutual picks. Uh, we're going to try to uh, make the best we can out of uh, knowing who's going to play and who's not going to play. Uh, basically, I'm just going to trust the lines that I see and assume that the people who make the lines probably know more than what I know. And uh, <laughs> so that's pretty much how I'm going to take it from there. Also, I would not be making a bet until about two minutes before said game, and I saw an official list of who is actually out on the field. Uh, but uh, are you ready to get into some action this week? Yeah, you know, I'm sorry that I kind of uh, postponed our recording. Uh, I was being a bit of a diva, but it kind of worked out in the long run with uh, these games being canceled last minute. So, uh, I, But I think we're ready to talk some football and make the best of the situation. Yeah. All right. So we had two Saturday games. We now got one Saturday game. It's a pretty good game. I will say that New England Patriots, Indianapolis Colts, both teams coming off buys here. Colts are two and a half point favorites. 45 is the total over and under. And on the uh, halftime line, it's a half point towards the Colts, 22 and a half uh, first half over under uh, Damian Harris will be out for this game. It's a hamstring. It is not COVID. Uh, these two teams are two of the teams that are uh, actually pretty healthy here, probably because they were all coming off buys. Uh, so they had a week here, but uh, two and a half um, favored for the Colts. They really need this win. Cause uh, if they don't get this one, they're still going to be in a tough stretch there to try to get into that uh, last playoff spot, especially with Buffalo uh, losing last week. It, it, it'll be really, really tough. Uh, someone is going to get bounced out of uh, one of those playoff spots. Probably uh, that is a pretty good team, but uh, I, I just think two and a half, uh, that seems like a little much for a Colts team who, really best win I, I'd say is the said Buffalo Bills team but uh, I, I do have a feel the Colts are come out uh, pretty solid here but I don't know if I like the two and a half uh, I, I'm curious which way you see this game playing out well I'll tell you right now the way I feel I really like the Colts I like the way they've been playing lately I like the way they've really established themselves and their identity as far as being a dominant uh, running team with uh, you know passing become more of a secondary uh you know, style for them and their defense tends to play pretty well. Also not as great as last season, but still good enough to get them some wins. And even as much as I like them, I'm, I'm concerned about this game versus the Patriots because we know Bill Belichick has done a really great job with that defense. Uh, he's put together a, a pretty stout defensive unit, uh, even though there's, you know, probably a handful of names that we could probably name off the top of our head. Uh, I'm sure you could name all of them, but I'm saying the average fan, uh, could name probably a handful of those defensive players. And even so, they're, they're dominant. I believe right now they're currently the number one defense in the league. Um, 
you know, they don't need to do much because that defense is keeping them in games. So as long as Mac Jones uh, does just enough, you know, they're, they're just about in every single game against any opponent. They're obviously uh, top of their division right now. And one of the best teams in the AFC, surprisingly, at least to me. Um, it, but it scares me as much as I like the Colts, this, this, this uh, Patriot team scares me. It seems like they have the defense to completely stifle the, uh, the game plan of the Colts. And the last thing I would want to see is putting that ball in the quarterback's hands and having him try to get you a win. Uh, because as much as Wentz seems to have improved off the last couple of seasons he had in Philadelphia, he still, you know, Wentz. And so, um, it gives me a little bit of a pause as much as I like the Colts. Uh, it's probably the only reason why I didn't take any action on this game because I feel like it could go either way. Yeah, I, I think you uh, sort of said it. You, you could play, you know, devil's advocate here on both sides. Uh, you got New England uh, going up uh, with their head of a snake with a rookie quarterback, rookie running back, going against that, uh, you know, tough Colts defense, veteran Colts defense, and then you flip things over to the other side, and it's like, do you want the Colts with Carson Wentz leading your team here versus Bill Belichick defense? So it, it, it's really hard to sort of settle on one team or the other because you can you can make a lot of negatives and uh, you know sort of cross off moves on both sides. Um, you know I'd lean a little Colts here uh, just because I I do think if they can get up in this game and I will say it's really important that they get up that they can probably then begin to dictate the pace of the game, how this game goes, and you start putting pressure on that, uh, you know, Mac Jones, Ramadre Stevenson, uh, you know, backfield to sort of force plays in there. And that's where I think the Colts have an advantage. But then you, like I said, you flip things to the other side. And you're counting on Carson Witts to be disciplined to just hand the ball off, to make the easy throws on third down when he needs to, and not to do something that would give the Patriots, uh, you know, free points, which is basically, I, I think the game plan probably won't be much different than the one at Buffalo, um, where basically New England just said, we're not going to do anything that's going to hurt us. We'll just wait till Buffalo makes the mistakes. They'll give us enough points to win will be able to hold them on defense. So it's really, really important for the Colts not to give free points away to in New England here because uh, I think they'll probably be conservative again, I think game plan-wise. Not three passes conservative, but I do think they'll pretty much be uh, conservative here game-wise. So I, I lean Colts, but I don't think this is a good game to play here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, you know, you said it, and you're actually, I think you hit it on the head. The Colts need to get up in this game. Uh, and the reason I say that is I feel like they won't do well playing from behind. Um, if somehow the Patriots get ahead of them here, then it's going to really – the team's really going to rely on the quarterback to get them some points to get, you know, get a drive going. And I think that's probably the last thing that anybody wants to see is Wentz trying to lead, you know, lead a good drive as opposed to uh, them relying on their, on their you know, ex excellent running attack. But – like you said, they have to get up or, you know, at least keep it within within reach because if they get down, I think that's a perfect opportunity for Belichick to really get after that quarterback. Yeah, definitely so. So uh, probably a cross-off on this one unless you have uh, maybe enough of a field to want to, you know, put it in the maybe category. But I, I just think this is a cross-off. It'll be a really entertaining game to watch and, and see how it plays out. But I, I don't 
I just don't think this is a good game really to gamble on here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I like the Colts, but this Patriot team, this Patriot defense, and the, that Bill Belichick scheme really scares me. Yeah. Uh, any play on the under here at, uh, or maybe you like the over, I don't know, but uh, 45, any play there? I, I would lean under on that, but uh, once again, I, I don't know if I trust you're asking Carson Wentz to have a perfect game. You're asking a rookie quarterback, rookie running back uh, combination to have sort of a perfect game and not give either uh, of these elite defenses points on the field. And I think that's uh, a little bit much to ask to take the underside of things. Maybe you see an over here, but I, I definitely don't think I'd play an over. You could probably talk me into an under if there was anything on this. Yeah, I'd probably lean more towards the under as well. Uh, you're talking about, you know, the number one defense right now in the AFC, at least probably in the NFL, also with the New England Patriots, uh, as well as a pretty stifling uh, and stingy defense with the Indianapolis Colts. So you're talking about two really good defenses that have the uh, the ability and, and the chance to really, you know, uh, create havoc uh, against the opposing offense. So uh, I think the under would be a good play. I think it at least deserves, you know, uh, maybe uh, – spot in our categories uh and if we can't find anything going forward then maybe it's something we jump on yeah maybe so maybe we just put that in the uh back pocket there but uh i i think that's this game's probably just a cross off and watch uh next up um carolina goes to buffalo i, I do think uh finally the uh cam newton era might finally be open but uh who knows uh they seem quite attached to him at the hip but uh last i heard it was probably pj's game uh to play here um buffalo 12 and a half point favorites 44 and a half in the uh you know first half uh or game over under first half is uh seven point favorites for the bills 22 and a half is the over under in the first half uh you know we didn't have a recap show but uh really really tough loss uh for the bills last week um you know, there are two ways to look at it. Uh, that first half, I, I must admit, I, I was watching this game pretty intently. Um, they looked brutal. They didn't know what they wanted to do on offense. They didn't know what they wanted to do on defense. Uh, you know, uh, every time they'd be in a pass package, the Bucks would run on them. And every time they'd be in a run package, uh, the Bucks would just throw a little short seven-yard pass and get seven to 12 yards. Uh, they couldn't seem to block the front of Tampa Bay, and Buffalo just, you know, uh, put themselves in too much of a hole there when they started to finally find their rhythm there in the uh, second half. I, I will also say uh, they finally just decided to the hell with it and started ru running Josh Allen, you know, like I've said they needed to do. That being said, he ended up in a walking boot after the game. So I said there's always that coming into play as well. But, uh, you know, 12 and a half points, uh, you know, the stat still sits there that Buffalo has not uh, won a game by less than 15 points. So uh, they do seem to kill teams, um, but uh, they've now – really, really put themselves in a hole, uh, just hanging on, uh, or maybe just outside of the playoffs now. I do think they'll win this game. Can they keep that trend up of, of beating up on these really, really poor teams? Uh, we didn't even get into Carolina's uh, just, I, I don't know what you call that game versus the Falcons, other than uh, maybe boring. But, uh, um, you know, I, I don't think there's much life there. But uh, 12 and a half, that's a lot to take. Uh, both these teams seem to be relatively healthy uh, 
you know, COVID wise, at least uh, on that side of things. Yeah. And you know, listen, this, this Bills team has been a bit of a disappointment coming into the season and they just haven't really come through. Um, and I think a lot of it has to come down to the lack of a running game. Uh, it's basically all been put on Josh Allen again, as it was last season. Um, he was very productive last season, but I think that's the last thing you want to do is have your franchise quarterback be your main, uh, you know, rushing attack player. It's, it's not the smartest thing to do because as you mentioned, he ended up kind of banged up after last game and what do they have to show for it? Not much. Now, I do believe that he's going to play in this they game. They played with a um, lot of heart. That's That was the uh, <laughs> quote coming out. I, I don't know what that counts for other than you missing the playoffs probably, but hey, yeah, whatever. When, when I heard that, I was looking for that stat on the win column, loss column, and I couldn't find it anywhere. All I saw was win, loss, and tie. So uh, it doesn't count for much, uh, but they did play tough. You know, They, they tried what, to do the best they could, uh, but this Buccaneer team was, is getting hot, you know, and – Unfortunately for the Bill team, they just, it seems that it's all on Josh Allen and it's going to remain that way, um, which is kind of sad to see because the defense has been playing nowhere near as well as they played last season. And their running backs are performing far worse than they thought we thought they would this season. So they're in a tough spot, but, um, you know, going up against this Panther team, as you mentioned, they tend to beat up on those really weak teams. And, and I could definitely see that happening here. But just based off the way Buffalo has been playing this season, I'd be hard pressed to to really advise anybody to take a spread this large for a team that really hasn't shown any good stability as far as wins go. Yeah, the only thing I can say is this is a must, must, must win for the Bills. If they lose this one, um, I, I think their playoff hopes are pretty much done. Uh, you know, so... Which is crazy that we're saying that, but uh, th- this is a must-win right here because uh, you know next week they go into New England to play that game, uh, which I don't think you can just go ahead and pencil that one a- as a win. You're probably penciling that one as a loss, even you know at the start of the season, saying going into New England that's not one we think we can win. So uh, I guess we'll probably pass this game up unless you. Have a great feel either way. I, I'm just staying away from the 12 and a half, but uh, I, I'm not touching uh, Carolina after what we saw from them last week and the previous couple weeks. Uh, um, you know, it, it just looks bad and a mess. And hopefully, maybe next year they can find their quarterback, but uh, that thing's going way in the wrong direction there. Now, I will say before we move on really quick, um, we saw them kind of switch up their their uh, their uh, their their starting role last week, and you saw PJ in there. I think that there's uh, very high hopes for them to win this particular week, but their best chance to win, I believe, is PJ going forward. But yeah, again, they so. do have to find the quarterback of the future. But the other thing I could say at this point is, uh, you know, your season's already lost. So 
everybody seems to like Cam Newton. Uh, I, I don't know why, but it, uh, I mean, uh, you know, maybe you just do it to roll out the season, get the better draft pick uh, and whatnot. But uh, anyway, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, New York Jets, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are nine and a half point favorites here. Um, I, I know the Dolphins had some COVID guys. I, I don't know if any of their running backs right now are legally allowed to get on the field. I know they were trying out Lamar Miller, uh, you know, uh, a day ago. Uh, I know Jalen Waddell was in the COVID protocol. So I'm assuming the nine and a half number uh, is telling me that some of those guys will be back. Uh, the Jets last week uh, versus the Saints um, looked okay uh, for the Jets uh, there, but uh, Saints ended up, uh, you know, pushing them around there in the second half. But overall, nine and a half points. Um, with not fully knowing who's going to be out on the field for the Miami Dolphins, I don't think I can roll on a nine and a half here, and this is what I mean. This is going to be really hard this week because I don't like taking things if I don't know, you know, who's going to be out on the field. I mean, we saw it uh, just last week when Debo, you know, randomly gets activated, you know, 25 minutes before the game. And I'm like, well, uh, that sort of affected my bet. Uh, the two dropped punts also affected my bet and my soul a little bit as well. Uh, probably more so than Debo Samuel, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, nine and a half Miami here, 41 on the over under four and a half first half, 21 and a half, uh, over under first half, uh, any play on this? I, I just, I, you might I think there's way talk, too much risk. Yeah. Even if I knew all the Dolphins guys were healthy and playing, I, I'd be a little adverse to grab a nine and a half here. Uh, but with a handful of guys I know who are on the COVID uh, list because they're on my fantasy team and I saw their uh, little, uh, you know, proclamation, <laughs> um, especially Jalen Waddle, uh, I just, I can't grab the nine and a half. I, I don't know if you can... Can you give me a play Jets-wise where we take that nine and a half um, other than maybe they had four good series versus the Saints, all pretty much ending in field goals? But uh, anyway, I I'm curious how you sort of try to handicap this game here. I think that regardless of the all the unknown factors, I, I still would be hard-pressed to take a nine and a half point spread for the Dolphins. I know they've been playing well, and I know they've been on a bit of a roll since they got – their guys kind of back together, you know, to again, healthy again. Uh, and, and they looked better. Defense started playing a little bit better, but you're talking about a divisional matchup versus a team that knows you pretty well. And you be throwing all the unknown factors about who's going to play, who's not going to play. And then you give me a nine and a half point spread. I, I'm sorry, but I, I think that's just way too much risk compared to the reward here. Uh, and it's just another game that I couldn't advise anybody to take action on. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, We've that written. under seems really low, but yeah. it, you know, it, it, I I thought about taking the over on that game um, because I feel like the Dolphins can do their part as far as scoring points oh, go. Yeah. But then you know, last week when I was watching the Jets, as you mentioned, they had pretty good drives where it looked like they looked like a, an NFL worthy offense, and then it stalled and they ended up kicking yeah. field goals. And if that's going to be the story of this game with an improved Dolphins defense we're not going to reach that over with, with field goals. Yeah. I, I think you probably top Miami out at about 28 points here. Cause you know, they've, 
since two has come back and they've been on this run, it's been about, you know, 20 to 28 points. Uh, then you're asking, you know, the Jets to get into that 14 to 17 point range. And uh, I don't know, 12 uh, might be like the maximum I, I can fully see them go as. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, they grow upon last week, but, you know, we keep saying we saw improvement last week, but really got, got their butts handed to them. Uh, Zach Wilson just wasn't 9 for 30. He was, you know, 16 for 30 uh, in that game. So uh, it, it, it's just I haven't seen enough improvement uh, from the New York Jets here uh, to really uh, want to glom onto them either. So I guess this is another cross-off we're going to have to go on to here. And we'll go to our next one. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals versus the Detroit Lions. Uh, Arizona 12.5-point favorites in this one. Uh, we read it li- right last week with Detroit not playing very well. Uh, versus uh, Denver, Arizona, uh, you know, really, I-, I thought, looked poor in that Rams game. Uh, that uh, Kyler uh, did not look great to really, really bad picks. Uh you know, I, I think that game uh, for Arizona sort of epitomizes why we have been a little bit hesitant to really uh, jump, jump on them a, as a, you know, NFC favorite here. But 12 and a half in this game, 47 and a half in the over under, seven and a half in the first half line, 24 on the over under here. I, I don't think this is a uh, game that's much in doubt on who wins or loses. Uh, I, I think it's a game spread coveraging wise uh you also got to factor in deandre hopkins uh at least out for the season uh they said he might come back for the playoffs uh i never like that word might come back for the playoffs which means he's and i i believe the key word they used was might come back at some point during the playoffs (laughs) which usually tells me he's really really hurt and maybe he'll only be uh hurt, hurt uh, for the playoffs. So I, I think that's really going to hammer them here. So 12 and a half, uh, you got to play on one side or the other on this one. Not, not really, you know, listen, I just want to say really quick, I, I was one of the, you know, one of the few doubters out there. And I think, you know, you were not, maybe not as harsh as I was, uh, but you were also pretty down on the Cardinals, uh, even though they were winning games. Uh, and, they got to a point where we were really impressed with what they were doing, uh, their, their ability to win games uh, despite their injuries and their stars being out. And, and we gave them the respect that they deserved for it. With all that being said, as you mentioned, this last game versus the Rams showed why we kept saying what we said, because all those flashy plays, they look fine. They look really cool. You know, they, they make a great highlight, but when they're not working, and you can't go back to the fundamentals because that's one thing they have a hard time with is the fundamentals of football. Um, that you know you're going to get that type of performance. Now they were in that game; they had a shot, uh, but you know with their guys now kind of getting banged up, and you know I, I don't know if Kyler's a hundred percent yet. It seems like he's definitely trending that way, but he seems like he's still got a little bit of a nag going on with that previous injury he had. There's no way they lose this game, but 12 and a half, just too, too, too far of too big of a spread. And my biggest concern with all that is the Rams whom the Cardinals just played last, uh, you know, last Monday night, 
the Rams had 25, 26 players on the COVID list. And some of these guys were players that actually played in the game. And the Cardinals makes me to believe, could there be a delay at some point? Might there be a guy or two that, uh, you know, ends up having to get, you know, shut down because of COVID? I don't know. So there's just too many. This week has been really weird because of COVID and, and how strong it seems to be making a comeback this particular week. So I just think that spread is way too big for all the uh, crazy stuff that's going on this week. So for me, I'm a no-go. Yeah, I, I think I'm a no-go. Uh, you know, you, you flip it over and look to the other side of it. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't think I can make a play on the Lions here. Uh, they have been a little bit uh, better at home, but then, you know, it, it's one of these crazy things I probably would have used on our recap show. Uh, but the Arizona Cardinals so far on the road Undefeated. are 7-0. and but, but it's not just that. Their uh, total margin of victory is a hundred. They're plus one hundred and seventeen points in their seven and zero on the road. They have a turnover margin of plus seventeen on the road. And, and what's weird is you flip it around. At home, they only have an even scoring margin. That turnover margin is reversed, and they're on minus seventeen. So. Uh, you know, uh, just when you think you can sort of handicap the NFL, um, sort of handicap a desert team who plays in a dome who somehow comes, you know, east every time and is possibly one of the most dominant teams in NFL history on the road and then is very, very marginal at home. And, and you know, that played out uh, last week. You you just flipped that game where they played the Rams in Los Angeles, and then they came they dominated. down there. And uh, so I, I guess if you wanted to go Arizona, you could play that up. But uh, I, I want to see, one, what they're like without Hopkins, you know, out there. And, two, I, I just – Detroit's been a little bit better at, at covering at home and being a little bit more uh, – you know, pesky here. I think their pass game has gotten a little bit better. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a lot better, but, uh, you know, I, I think their receivers are at least somewhat uh, almost NFL-level receivers here. Uh, so I'd just be a no-go on the 12-and-a-half on that one and uh, see uh, sort of how Arizona goes. And if they can seem to handle not having DeAndre, I'll look at them more a little bit more in the next week or two. having Hopkins uh we saw what they did without Hopkins and without Murray uh for that quick four-week stretch you know I believe they went three and one so they have the ability to win games they're very deep at wide receiver they have you know a couple of good guys I believe Kirk and and Green's still out there so you know they've got some good guys they're pretty deep um they're a well-rounded team but can't I, I listen the thing is when I look at it when I look at a spread this large I'm like is there any way this team can cover the spread I could definitely see them covering the spread, especially versus the Lions. Then I start asking myself, how comfortable do I feel about it? Yeah. Not very much. So that's the reason why I'm just a no-go. Yeah. It, it'll definitely be interesting to see how Green, who uh, I, I think has been good sort of playing that non-pressure number two. I, I don't even know if he's the number two. Uh, you know, it, it's sort of a 
mix and mash number two there for Arizona with Kirk and uh, Rondell Morris dropped off a little bit, but you know, Kirk's the deep threat. Uh, you know, they've been using AJ Green more for those sideline routes, you know, to get a big receiver there. He's going to have to move back into that number one role. And I just don't know if he's, you know, a number one type receiver anymore. He, he's certainly uh, not on the like DeAndre Hopkins uh, level anymore, at, at least. All right. Uh, we'll move on to our next one. And, uh, this one's going to be interesting. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, 11 and a half uh, versus the New York Giants. Uh, 44 and a half is the uh, total over under. Six uh, is the first half. 23 is the uh, over under uh, first half. Um, yeah, I can't take the Cowboys right now with double digit spreads. I mean, we, we watched that game. I, I think we were both watching a lot of that Dallas Washington game last week and I mean, Dallas dominated, dominated them, and we're barely, barely having to hold on to win that game last week. I have no clue what's up with their offense. It is, it's just not moving. It's, you know, it's a little bit of New York Jets where they go down there, they get to the 30, and then everything just sort of dies. They don't get touchdowns. Basically, all their touchdowns uh, came off turnovers that the defense created. Uh, so I don't know what's going on with them. The 11 and a half just seems like way too many points for a road game, uh, versus the giants, uh, you know, reverse that over and the giants, uh, I don't know what team's going to be thrown out there. Uh, not a very good one, especially from what we saw from them, you know, last week. I don't know if you could convince me to take that plus 11 and a half, uh, here, but, uh, I, I just don't know which way to go here. I, I don't think I can trust the Cowboys at 11 and a half on the road, but I, I'm curious, what do you handicap in this game? You know, I, I think the Cowboys are a much better team than the Giants are, and I think just about anybody in America thinks the same thing. And I think they're going to win this game, and they're going to win it pretty easily. The question to me is, will they be able to cover the spread? And if they can cover the spread, is it going to come from the defense or the offense? Now, right now, I would probably say that I trust their defense a little bit more. They've been making more plays, and they've been more consistent throughout the year. That offense has kind of been up and down. We've seen, you know, flashes of them being a very high-powered offense, and then we've seen them do completely nothing, as you mentioned, like last last week. Um, and, and that for that reason alone, I feel like I, I wouldn't take this game. But if we were talking about, you know, week five, week six – I would probably jump on this game and the Cowboys with this spread. Uh, but as it sits right now in the current situation that we're in, it's hard for me to really take on. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's a way to play this game unless you're really, really uh, big on, uh, you know, thinking that the giants can do something here, but you know, uh, after watching them, <laughs> you know, last week, uh, I don't think they're capable of doing anything. Uh, I, I'm thinking uh, the Dallas can get up on them, but I, I don't know if they know how to put teams away and blow them out anymore. I, I mean, what was that halftime line? Uh, that half uh, line was um, Dallas six. That's a little more manageable. I think it uh, is a little bit more manageable, but. Honestly, I, I think if the Giants were going to do anything, they'd come out aggressive that first, you know, opening quarter and then would eventually just wear down to the better team. So I don't even know if I trust that. 
Um, unless you think the Dallas defense is going to be able to uh, basically have a runway platform to kill, uh, I guess, Sean Glennon or Jake Fromm or, you know, whatever other rando they decided to pick up off the street this week. Uh, but uh, I will say that was really, really impressive. Uh, that that Cowboys uh, front seven was looking a, a lot like the uh, Bucks, uh, you know, the other week. Uh, of course, then they all almost melted and lost the game. But uh, uh, I, I think that front seven is becoming really, really fierce and maybe is the strong point of the Dallas Cowboys team here. All right, so do we want uh, a first-half Dallas? Do we want uh, anything on this game or just knock it down? Uh, the truth uh, the truth is I don't think we want anything in this game. Putting stuff on the side just in case we can't find anything. Yeah, uh, I, I guess you could put it on the side here uh, and see uh, sort of what we have as we get later and later into these uh, games. All right, uh, next up in the slate is the uh, Tennessee Titans going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are one-and-a-half-point favorites, 43 on the over-under. Half point uh, on the first-half line for the Steelers, uh, 20-and-a-half on the over-under here. Uh, I'm going to tell you, one of my picks here is the Steelers this week, T.J. Watt, uh, back healthy. for a quarter at least. For a quarter at least, but uh, that will be a good quarter that I know nobody will score points on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Joe Hayden, uh, you know, should be back as well uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, they seem to be, their full defense seems to be out there. When their full defense is out there, they seem to be a a pretty good team. Uh, Once again, the Titans, I, I did their job, I will say, versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they weren't exactly rolling up points and yards in that game, but, uh, you know, they're still going to probably be a little bit banged up here. I, I guess they get A.J. Brown and uh, Julio Jones back. I, I'm not sure I even visually saw Julio Jones make a play last week versus Jacksonville, but, hey, uh, at one point in time, he was a really, really good receiver here. Uh, but... Uh, I like the Steelers here at one and a half at home with uh, TJ Watt back, but uh, I, I'm curious if you have a feel one way or the other on this one. I really didn't have a feel on this game. I, I actually was going to lean uh, towards whatever you went with. Um, I will say that I'm a little concerned that Tennessee is going to step up for this one. Uh, and we've seen Pittsburgh have their struggles throughout the season, uh, either on offense or defense. And as you mentioned, their struggles on defense have usually come when Watts out of that lineup because it seems like he's the anchor. He's uh, he's the leader of that defense, and when he's not there, they're they're really missing a step. They slow down a lot more, um, and you see teams really put up points on them. So if he can stay healthy for the entire game, I like Pittsburgh chances that to cover this spread, uh, which is basically a pick'em in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so if you feel that confident about this, about the Steelers, I'll ride with you with the Steelers, but I, I do want to make it clear that uh, I am a little concerned that Tennessee is going to bring it this week. Yeah, I, I just think it's a it's a much more important game for the Steelers here. They, they need to win this one. Tennessee's pretty much got their playoff spot uh, wrapped up. 
you could say, yeah, they're fighting for that, uh, you know, overall best record in first round by in the AFC. Uh, but I, I don't even really know if that's something they're aggressively going to go for. I, I think they're aggressively going to try to keep their, you know, players healthy and, and make a playoff run, which is more important to them. Uh, Pittsburgh's trying to stay in the uh, race here. So I, I think with Watt back, Hayden back, we're going to get a big effort uh, from Pittsburgh. The question, you know, as always with Pittsburgh is, uh, can we get any offense, you know, out of that? Uh, TJ Watt does not uh, help that side of the ball. Uh, maybe he would. I don't know if you want to throw him over there. He's been a little injury prone this year, so you might not want to do that. But uh, I think the only question is, can Pittsburgh get enough points here? Uh, the other thing I was looking at in this game, 43 on the uh, over-under. Uh, I think this will be way under. Uh, you know, you, you saw what Tennessee uh, was able to do versus a terrible Jacksonville team. That was only manufacture about 20 points in that game. Pittsburgh you know, barely is capable of getting 20 points in a game that way too. I think with both these teams' defenses uh, here, I think this is a, a just a sloppy grunge fest of a game. I, I think it'll go under that 43 as well. Yeah, I mean, if you're expecting the under, uh, I think that you're pretty much expecting the Steelers to win because uh, the way I look at it, if it's a low-scoring affair, uh, it's all about the defense. And when you compare both defenses, even though Tennessee has played better compared to last season, Pittsburgh still has, you know, hands down a much better defense than uh, Tennessee does. Now, if it turns to a shootout, my money would then be on Tennessee simply because, in my opinion, they have more weapons on offense. Yeah. Uh, so you want to double Steelers. up – here and take Steelers and the under. You just want to take the under. You just want to take Steelers. What do you like out of that mix? I think we should take the Steelers minus one and a half and take the under as a maybe. Uh, that gives us another uh, scapegoat in case we can't find anything else. Okay. Uh, well, uh, you try to explain this next line to me, and uh, I'll try to somehow handicap this game. Uh, the Houston Texans go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh Somehow the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I don't think have scored a point in, I don't know, eight weeks, are favored by five points. Um, 39 and a half is the over under three first half line. 19 and a half is the first half uh, total. Uh, Houston, Jacksonville, minus five, Jacksonville. Uh, I don't know what to do with this. I'm damn sure not taking Jacksonville as a five-point favorite. Um, you love Jacksonville. What are you talking about? But that would uh, mean I would have to take the Houston Texans, who last week I watched uh, pretty much just embarrass themselves So, uh, and possibly might be purposely trying to lose this game actively. So uh, where are we going here? Uh, Texans, Jags. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to take any action on this because both of these teams are horrible, and the last thing I want is to have to watch anything about this game with money on the line. Now, <clears throat> with that being said, I don't understand how Jacksonville's favorite in this one. You know, first of all, like maybe because they're at home. And I was like, maybe because they have a good coach. And I was like, wait, they don't even have a coach. They have an interim coach. Um, Who throws passes on uh, the one-yard line in a Super Bowl. Mind you. <laughs> yeah. and uh, With Marshawn Lynch in the backfield, it wasn't like there was some scrub back there. Yeah, uh, yeah, Beast Mode is back there, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess Vegas is looking at this, and they're 
train of thought is probably without Urban Meyer there, they're probably going to, you know, take the quarterback off the leash and just kind of let him let him go wild, uh, which is kind of what I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating them going for broke here. But even so, I know that it's hard to really tell them both apart, but I think Houston's a better team in this one. Uh, you know, I don't I, understand. I, I, wanna, I think Houston's a better team too. I want to grab that five points right there. So do I. <laughs> Just because I think it's ridiculous. You know, this might be ever the first line that moves, you know, four points because oh. the coach got fired on a Wednesday. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Uh, I think this is the first time I've ever seen this happen, actually. I don't now, know. When did been... the Cowboys line move when Mark McCarthy got COVID? <laughs> I don't know. They might have been favored in that one, too. Uh <laughs> What do you think, man? Listen, we're getting close to the end here. You think we should jump on this Houston one? This will probably be the only time we ever take Houston. Houston one plus five. I just think that's. I, It'll be even, the only time we take Houston this season. Even if they lose, I, I think it's a field goal game by one or the other teams. I, I, how is this going to end up being a blowout on one side or the other? I don't think either of these teams are capable of blowing anybody out. <laughs> How, how about that over under? Well, I'm not touching the 39 and a half because uh, I'm very scared this might be 12 to 10. Uh, but then I just watched, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence throw five picks last week and uh, Davis Mills throws two a game. So uh, that, that, uh, this is just interesting. But uh, I think we have I to think just, we take Houston. I think we have to take Houston in the plus five in this one. Now, I, I, I will say it. I personally wouldn't recommend people doing this. Uh, I just, to me, my brain is telling me the smarter play here is Houston because from what I've seen, the the data that's been stored in my brain tells me Houston is a better team here. So I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna roll with Houston here, uh, but I wouldn't recommend it to anybody out there. Just so you know. Yeah. I so we got our. We got two uh, down here. Next up, the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals and their uh, fumbling bloody special teams of death uh, versus the Denver Broncos. Denver's a three-point favorite here. 44 is the uh, total in the first half. One first half total. uh, 21 is the uh, total for the uh, first half in the game here. Uh, Bengals getting three. Uh, I need to be talked out of the the Bengals three here, because I do think they're the much better team than the Denver Broncos. And I mean, even last week, they totally outplayed the Niners. They fumbled two punts and, you know, luckily we didn't have our recap show, but I must say, Zach Taylor's uh, end of half management there, where he drives down, has two timeouts, it's fourth and two, and instead of letting the clock run, he calls a timeout, then kicks a field goal and gives San Francisco the ball back with a minute 40. Now, granted, the other genius on the other sideline decided to throw straight three straight times. So no time ran off the clock there. Of course, they punted, and then we got our second muffed punt of the game, and the Niners went in and got a touchdown. So, uh, you know, that's the quick recap of that. Um I just think the Bengals are a better team than the Denver Broncos, but, uh, you know, they seem to now just be doing things that are going to cost themselves games. We mentioned it two weeks ago, the Jamar Chase, you know, 
he has a touchdown. Instead, he bats it back, and the uh, Chargers get an interception. Uh, Mixon fumbles. The ball bounces up. Chargers get, you know, a scoop six. The two muff pumps in that 49ers game, though, really, if you look at the numbers, the Bengals were the better team in that game. So it's just just going to be one of those things where the Bengals play better and the other team wins the game, or are you are you feeling the Broncos here? No, that's what I was about to tell you. I was just waiting for you to finish your uh, your speech to let you know that I'm not talking you out of the Bengals. And just based off what you said, I think the Bengals are going to be our third pick. Uh, I like the Bengals. I think they're a better team. And listen, I know that they haven't played like it. They've made a, they've made a lot of mistakes over the last few weeks. Um, and it seems like the honeymoon is over um, as far as the way they were playing to start off the season where they were being really quiet. There was really very little attention on Cincinnati. And they were just racking up wins against really good teams. Then the attention came, and it's almost like once the spotlight hit them, everybody stopped trying. Um, they started to play a little bit better. And, yes, they haven't won, but I still feel like even, even them not at their best, they're still better than the, than the Broncos currently sit. So just based off those things alone, based off the fact that, you know, uh, home teams aren't really a huge advantage so far this season, I like the Bengals here, and I think this is going to be our third pick. Yeah, I, I like the Bengals, too. I think this will be our third pick. Uh, the only thing is you have to watch the game because uh, I, I was watching the Bills uh, be a turnstile and getting Josh Allen killed and then watching the Bengals uh, muff every punt and kick in that first half. And uh, my anger was growing by the uh, freaking second. So uh, I'm forcing you to watch the Bengals uh, this week. And I'll just uh, take a preview of the Texan Jags and uh, wonder why I even like football. Okay, that seems fair. Uh, If if I'm going to put a little bit of money on Houston, the last thing I want to do is watch them. So you watch Houston and I'll watch this Bengal team. Yeah, uh, you can watch Jamar Chase drop a sure touchdown for like the sixth game in a row. All right, come on. They're going to put that bad juju on us. All right. Uh, so we got the Bengals plus three. So we're in a little bit of a window here. Uh, next up, uh, I don't think this is going to be in our window here. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, uh, I have to say this, are still in the playoff hunt because they beat Carolina Ow. last week. It's <laughs> insane. Oh. I almost want them to make the playoffs and just see if possibly this is the worst team to ever in the history of mankind make the playoffs. But uh, imagine they make the playoffs and they just happen to squeak by all the way. Well, uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they play the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, a good win for Cincinnati last week. I, I already mentioned, though, I thought they got outplayed by the Bengals. A couple nice bounces went their way. They took advantage of it. But uh, I will say with Debo there, uh, Bosa looked healthy. Kittle looks healthy. They have a handful of guys who are uh, elite, elite, you know, level players in this league. So, uh, you know, you you at least got to respect them here. So nine and a half uh, for San Francisco at home uh, versus the Falcons. 46 and a half uh, in this game. Total uh, four for the first half, 22 and a half uh, for the first half total. Uh, As much as I think the Niners have some really, really elite players, uh, I'm not touching them as nine and a half point favorites uh, at all. And uh, I refuse to uh, bet on the Falcons uh, 
anymore the rest of this season. I don't care if they win out. But uh, how are you sort of handicapping this game? I will say this. I have no trouble. Um, I, I believe the Niners will have no trouble covering the spread. And even with that being said, I still wouldn't take this game simply because of the, what the Niners have put on tape over the last couple of weeks. Now, they got the win last week for Cincinnati. But as you mentioned, if you watch the entire game, Cincinnati is the much better team minus the, the mistakes that they had uh, by individual players. Uh, and even the previous game, they almost gave that game up. The Niners, I mentioned it two weeks ago when we were doing our review show after they played Minnesota, I believe. Yes. I mentioned that the Niners have an issue closing games out. And listen, it's all well and done. You know, your tight ends catching 20 passes for 500 yards. Yeah, it looks awesome on the stat sheet. You know, I'm enjoying it, especially because Kittle's on my fantasy team. But if you can't close games out, you're going to run into the team that is going to make you pay for it. And I'm not saying that this is the team to do it, but we've seen this season be a really crazy season as far as underdogs being able to actually come out on top. And I don't, like I said, I still think the Niners win. I still think they can cover. I'm not concerned about that, but I'm not taking them. I don't feel like they've earned at least my respect enough to where I feel safe putting my money on these guys to close out a game. I just don't see it. I could see them being up by three touchdowns in the first half, and then it becomes a field goal game at the end. So uh, I'm personally going to stay away from it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm just going to stay away from this. I, I will say, I have to admit, uh, I did make a little bit of a wager uh, earlier in the week on the same San Francisco 49ers to win the NFC at 16-1 uh, to 1 because I, I started reading tea leaves here. I, I mean, they're pretty much now a lock with that win to make the playoffs. But uh, you got the Cardinals, which none of us truly, truly believe in. Uh, you know, you have Green Bay, which I, I think right now probably is the team to look at. You have the Rams, who, you know, have been a little bit hot and cold. And right now, I don't even know who's functionally <laughs> rostered on that team. Uh, and then you have Tampa Bay, who I watched uh, play Richard Sherman at safety last week. Uh, so, you know... You start doing math in there, and San Francisco has always matched up pretty well versus your Rams. They patch up well versus the Cardinals. So I, I thought 16-1. to 1. I don't put them as a favorite, but you probably put them in that mix of third or fourth favorite coming into that NFC. So I thought there was a lot of value there at that 16-1 to 1 mark to win the NFC. Uh, as much as I hate this team and have given them crap, uh, but, you know, Healthy Bosa, healthy Kittle, healthy Debo Samuel, uh, you know, Jimmy, good enough uh, to get to a Super Bowl. I think, you know, if a couple things break the right, right way, it's not out of the question. It's definitely not out of the question. And like I said, they're still getting wins. My concern is just their ability to close out games because in a couple of these games, they were they were a big at the half. And when you look at the final score, it looks like it was a struggle for them to pull off the win. When in reality, if they just, you know, utilized uh, the right type of game plan, they, they'd probably have actually dominating wins, which would actually, you know, probably work against you uh, in far, as far as the odds are concerned about them winning the West or the NFC. Yeah. But 
they're a good team. They're a solid team. They're, they're, they're pretty well coached. Uh, you know, I know that you're not a huge fan of the coach, but they got some struggles and they're going to run into struggles. And so far they haven't shown me the ability to really overcome uh, that type of adversity. So uh, for now, I'm going to stick to my guns and keep them in third place uh, in the NFC West. Yeah. But they're a solid team, and they definitely have the potential to to win out. So I, I like that bet you made, uh, especially if you got some extra shekels lying around. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the coach Monday through Saturday, and as long as he's <laughs> not making, uh, you know, NFL draft and uh, free agent decisions, uh, granted – uh, that's pretty much what he's doing, and I think his in-game coaching uh, leaves a little bit desired. But uh, I, I don't think, you know, he it's a very smart offensive mind. I mean, it's bloody genetic, uh, you know, coming from his father. So uh, I, I, I just, it, it seemed like a lot, 16 to 1, you know, when I don't think you could come up with five teams out of that mix that you think would uh, actually go out of the NFC side to the Super Bowl. So I thought that was a pretty good value play. Uh, next up, this one's an interesting one. I, I think this spread is pretty much telling me that Jackson's probably going to give it a go in this game. Uh, Green Bay minus 6.5 at Baltimore. 43.5 here is the uh, total. 3.5 uh, first half line, 22.5 is the uh, total in the uh, first half. Um I would think if it's Huntley, this would be much, much bigger, uh, especially with Green Bay, who's pretty much uh, covered every game but like two uh, so far this season. So that six-and-a-half line tells me uh, Baltimore's probably going to try to throw Lamar Jackson out there. It, it seems like a risky move to me. I, I think in a, a non-conference, uh, non-division game, you sit him a week and let his ankle heal and uh, see if you can make a push those last, uh, you know, three or four games here. I, I don't know if you risk him in this game versus Green Bay because I don't even think they could beat Green Bay with, you know, technically a healthy uh, Lamar Jackson, and you're going to throw him out there, and I, I think Green Bay will just shred that secondary. But I I'm curious what you think. I, I will say, you know, we – Baltimore, that was one hell of a way to try to grind out and almost pull back that win versus Cleveland, you know, last week. But uh, I, they're just basically running out of bodies. If you look at their depth chart uh, from, like, the start of preseason on the offensive side uh, to what's there now, it, it's basically all different. Yeah, they've definitely been, you know, making it work. Um, not to say that they haven't struggled because they've had their struggles also. But – they almost pulled off the win last week, and if they had, I think that we probably would have been a lot higher on the possibility of, you know, um, Jackson sitting this game out. And, and I still think he probably should have sat this game out. I believe right now they're currently a game ahead in their division. They are. Uh, and they, if I'm not mistaken, they hold some tiebreakers with some teams. So if, I, if I'm the, the coach of the Ravens here, if I'm Harbaugh, I think I'm keeping him on the bench. I think I'm resting him one more week. Because in reality, this team is going to go as far as Lamar Jackson can take him. Uh, so to risk his health, you know, over, a, as you mentioned, a non-divisional game, a non-conference game, uh, seems a little premature in my opinion. Uh, with all that being said, Green Bay, quiet, very, very quietly uh, deadly team. They're like a silent assassin. They've been coming out. They've been winning games left and right. And sure, you hear about Aaron Rodgers, but all you really hear about Aaron Rodgers now 
is the bad stuff, the whole COVID, uh, you know, vaccination thing, and then uh, him getting banged up and not playing. And you don't hear about how they're just grinding out wins. And, and some of them are pretty, some of them, you know, some of them are not, some of them are really ugly. But I think it shows a lot of character of this Green Bay Packer team. The fact that they can pull off wins, uh, you know, just about any, any type of way they want, whether it's through the air, on the ground, pretty ugly. They're just winning games. They're a good ball team. And uh, I think they win this game. And I think they actually cover this spread um, because for some reason, I just got this weird feeling that even if Jackson goes, I don't think he goes the entire game. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the play definitely is Green Bay here, but uh... – you know, it is road in Baltimore, and Baltimore is pretty stingy with covers here. But I just think that uh, Green Bay, you know, tears up that uh, Baltimore secondary. You you saw it last week with Cleveland. Uh, if they knew how to close out games, they you know would have won that game about thirty one to thirteen. So I think Green Bay, you know, gets it here. Uh, is it a go on the six and a half or you want to put that in the maybes and uh, see what we got, uh, you know, left uh, to close this out here? I think that's definitely a maybe. Uh, I don't think it's a lock, um, but, you know, like I just wanted to state um, how good Green Bay has been doing uh, regardless of whether you're hearing about them or not. Yeah. Uh, next up, interesting game here. Uh, Saints Bucks. uh Bucks are 11 point favorites here, 45 and a half on the total, six and a half first half line, 23 and a half on the first half total. Uh, Bucks played really well that first half. Uh, that defense really started to look like the uh, defense that we saw, uh, you know, last year where that front seven was just, I mean, they beat the crap out of Josh Allen. Uh, you know, I, I will say the Bills fought back. Offense still looks a little hot and cold. I, I will say Fournette's looked pretty good, but. Uh, you know, they, they get in runs where they seem to be able to move the ball, and then they get in runs where they can't protect all that well and they can't move the ball all that well. But, uh, you know, the Saints have sort of had their number here. But, you know, we, we took the Saints last week. They they covered, and they covered pretty easy. But, I, I mean, it's really, really rough on offense. It, it's basically Taysom Hill, Kamara, that's it, <laughs> you know, uh, and versus Bucks team. I don't know if that's a recipe for success uh, at all. Uh, and honestly, I think they'd probably be better off sitting Taysom Hill, letting Trevor Simeon get beat up and, you know, the Saints try to win some of the games uh, versus the lower tier teams. Because I think with Kamara and Hill, you could probably beat up the lower tier teams. I don't know if you could even remotely uh, sort of make yourself relevant in this uh, Tampa Bay game. But 11 points is a lot of points, especially for New Orleans, who's, you know, won three of the last four meetings versus two. So uh, what do you think about this game? Yeah, you said it. 11 points is a lot of points, especially for a divisional rival, a divisional foe. Uh, and, and I'm very tempted to take New Orleans because of it. But as you mentioned, you know, from what I saw last week, they played okay but they didn't play up to the standard that we're used to from a Sean Payton team, a, a Saints team. They, they just haven't been, you know, as sharp as they normally were. Uh, the defense has definitely fallen a few steps behind what they were playing like at the beginning of the season, uh, which is a little bit of a concern for me. Now this Tampa Bay team, on the other hand, Tom Brady, obviously the GOAT, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And uh, not just that, one of the probably smartest quarterbacks ever. He knows exactly how to play the game. And if you remember – 
this is around the time last season when they started to get really hot and they went on a really good run. Defense started playing better. They started really utilizing the running attack a lot more, uh, which took some of the pressure off of Tom Brady and it made it made it easier for him to, you know, really play with defense's minds. Uh, and they didn't know what to expect. And obviously they went on to uh, to win the whole thing. And a lot of it had to do with them getting hot at the right time. And it feels like that's kind of what the Bucks are trying to do right now. Um, I don't know if they can get on the same type of role as they did that last season, but when you got Tom Brady on your team, I think that the odds are definitely in your favor. So uh, 11, a little too much to take the Bucks for me, uh, minus 11. Uh, and the Saints, I can't trust them enough to take them, even, even getting 11 points. Yeah, it, it, the Saints just can't pass the ball. And, I mean, they have literally no receivers. It, it It's checked down to Kamara every time, and then – you even think about throwing a pass to some of these guys. It, it, it's just they can't pass the ball. Uh, you know, their receivers are just way, way too poor. Uh, so I, I just I don't think you can make a play in this game. I mean, maybe we put the 11 in, in a maybe category, but I, I just I, I can't. I can't do that right now from what I saw from that front seven from Tampa. I'd be very scared that Taysom Hill and Kamara uh, just both get banged up you know, way too much in this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely see a scenario where um, New Orleans can can cover this spread, but I, I think that there's way more scenarios where they don't. Uh, and that's the reason that, that it, it scares me a little bit. But if I had to lean either way, give me points. I, I, even, as, even as good as Tampa's playing, I'd rather take the 11 uh, and just kind of hope for the best. But as of right now, I think this is more of a maybe type of uh, selection. Yeah. Uh, three more games uh, left. Uh, I can pretty much tell you now I'm not touching any of these three. Uh, first one up is Las Vegas versus Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland is a three-point favorite. There's no stuff on the first half yet. Uh, after what I watched from Las Vegas, that's a no-go. And uh, I'm not betting on Cleveland until I see what's being thrown out there. Uh, you know, last check, they had no quarterback that was active. Um, so in, I, I'm not going on the basis that maybe Bernie Kosar is out there throwing passes. So uh, um, I don't know what to do with this game because I'm not going to touch it uh, unless you, for some reason, think Las Vegas is going to find their soul and uh, come out and uh, play well and a road game on Monday night in Cleveland when it'll be about 20 degrees. Well, I will say this. <clears throat> Prior to this game being moved, because I believe this was the other Saturday game we had in the It lineup, was, correct? and Cleveland literally had no players that they could put on the field. So I, I was literally, I had my finger over the button and I was getting ready to push Raiders, uh, you know, and, and put a nice little bet on it. Um, simply not because I like the Raiders, not because I trust the Raiders, simply because Cleveland had nobody. Uh, now, obviously, the game's been postponed, and now I'm glad I didn't make that bet uh, because we, st- we obviously we don't know what we're going to get from Cleveland. We I'm don't know assuming who's play. some of these Browns get active. Yeah, um, some of them are going to have to be activated. Otherwise, what's the point of postponing the game? But, uh, I mean, until you tell me which ones are being active – uh, I, I'm not touching this because, you know, if everybody gets active but Cleveland's quarterbacks and they're throwing out some guy they just signed off the street on, you know, Saturday, I, I want no part of them as a favorite. Uh, so I, I just – I don't know what to do with this game. It, it's just an automatic cross-off for me. 
Yeah, I, I think so also. Um, you know, unless you're a fan of either side here, uh, you probably want to take some of this action. But I, I think for everyone else out there, there's just too many variables in this game. Um, and it's, it seems like such an easy trap to lose some money here. So uh, I'm also a no-go on this one. Yeah. All right. Uh, this next one. Uh no one should gamble on this game. Uh, Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Vikings are six-point favorites. Um, yeah, I'm a no-go on the Vikings uh, from what I've seen, and the Bears are totally trash. So if you have a handicapping angle on this in some way, uh, shape, or form, go ahead and uh, tell me because I have no handicapping angle at all on the Vikings. Minus six, 44.5 is the total, 2.5 first half line, 21.5 is the uh, first half total. So uh, Vikings at uh, Bears, uh, minus six. Uh, any play here? Well, listen, the Vikings at this point are basically still in the hunt for a playoff spot, correct? Yeah. And I know that they've been, uh, I called them the Minnesota Jekyll and Hyde a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I know they've been up and down pretty much all season long. The Bears are pretty bad. And you're talking about two teams that know each other pretty well. This is definitely two of those franchises that know each other very well. With playoff implications on the line, I, I think Minnesota is the smart play here, but I don't trust them. I don't trust them. I can't trust them. Yeah. Uh, I think that they've they've cost me too much so far this season, and, and I just can't find a way to try and sell you on this. I want to because I think the smart play is Minnesota. I think that they're going to be playing hungrier because they have actual uh, you know possibilities on the line here of playoff spots and, and whatnot. But they're so wishy-washy. They're so Jekyll and Hyde that I just can't bring myself to to try and sell you on this. So. I'm also going to be a pass on this, but I wouldn't blame anybody for taking action on this one. Yeah. The, the, uh, the other thing is Chicago uh, had a bunch of COVID cases like their whole coaching staff. But once again, this game was moved. Uh, so I'm assuming they moved it. <laughs> so some of those people uh, theoretically can come back. So I, I don't know if there's an advantage uh, there in play. And I, I thought Justin Fields, uh, that might have been his best game as a pro uh, last week versus Green Bay. Uh, now, granted, uh, you know, I, I think Green Bay was dicking around. Uh, and, you know, for a 10-minute stretch in the uh, third quarter, they decided to turn it on and magically they scored three touchdowns in about eight minutes. So, you know, how serious you want to take how Green Bay was playing in that first half, I don't think anybody was truly, truly worried there. Uh, but, you know, uh, counterpoint... Chicago, maybe Fields uh, is fine in a rhythm and will close out the season strong, but I, I want no part of taking the Vikings anymore this season, and the Bears are just awful, so I, I'm a pass on this one as well. Yep. All right, uh, the last one coming up, I, I have to say I'm crossing off, you know, for me on the same thing. Seahawks-Rams. Uh, Rams are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. 45 and a half uh, total, uh, three in the first half line, 22 and a half on the uh, first half total. Uh, I, I'm assuming, judging by the line at five and a half, they think dudes are going to be back. But once again, I'm not placing a bet uh, until I know what dudes are going to be back. Uh, you know, that's just insane uh, to bet on something and be like, 
well, they're supposed to be back. Uh, well, yeah, but what if a test comes back and then they aren't going to be back and you have this five and a half point line here uh, that I just think is crazy. Uh, you know, Seattle got popped with a couple guys. I know Lockett uh, showed up on the list the other day. I don't know if he's going to be back. So I just can't gamble on a game where I don't know what elite players are going to be playing on either side of the ball for either team. Yeah, as much as I want to take my Rams here, because not only do I feel that they're a much better team than the Seattle Seahawks team currently is, uh, they also have a lot more on the line as far as playoff implications go. But as you mentioned, there's too many variables with this COVID situation. Uh, we don't know who's playing. You know, I think taking any action on a game like this, even though this is the game that got pushed out the furthest, uh, which leads me to believe that they probably felt that they needed more time to get players straight and kind of get their roster back in shape. Um, even, even with all that, not knowing who's not, who's going to play in that game and who's not going to play, I think is almost like buying a lottery ticket without understanding how the rules work. Yeah. Uh, it's not a smart bet because you don't know how you're going to win or if you're going to win. So I don't think there's much action to be taken in this game. Uh, other than, you know, you probably wait till month till Tuesday morning prior to the game and, you know, hope they release that uh, active and active list. And then you could probably, you know, jump in and make some bets. And if that's the case, I, I might actually hop in on either Twitter or, uh, you know, TikTok or something and uh, maybe drop a couple of bets on there, some prop bets or something. But I, I think that's probably your best, your best chance here. If you want to gamble on this game, wait till Tuesday morning and <clears throat> excuse me, Wait till Tuesday morning, and once you have your full lineup of inactives, uh, then you can start making plays on that based yeah, on who's that, playing. Yeah, that's who's basically what I was going to say for all these games that have been moved and have you know long list of players. It, it's just wait, wait, see who's active, and then judge off those rosters. I just I don't know anybody who would you know try to bet on a game and not know totally what rosters are going to you know show up. That's just betting for laundry, which, you know, cool for you if you want to bet because you randomly like the team. Uh, I'm fine with that, but I like to bet also when I know who's playing on said team. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think these are all just wait, see uh, who pops up uh, that's active, and, and then judge from there, and then judge, you know, what sort of spread you got. So, I think we had three on our mutuals. Uh, we needed to come up with the uh, two more. Uh, I thought Green Bay at six and a half probably was one of those we'd probably throw in there. And uh, maybe Lamar doesn't even play, so we get even very better value for that six and a half. And then uh, lastly, I have no earthly idea. I think we had a couple I, I in think there. We had, I, think, I think we had the under in the... Uh the Ravens game, I think it was. Was it Ravens? Uh, uh, no, 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 sorry. Uh, it was the under in the Pittsburgh Titans game. Yeah, under in Pittsburgh Titans. So I, I think that should be, our, our I guess, our uh, fifth one. So uh, we're going Steelers uh, minus one and a half and the under uh, 42 and a half. Uh, we're going Texans plus the five, Bengals plus the three, and uh, Green Bay minus the six and a half as our uh, five picks on the uh, COVID uh, weekend of uh, NFL football. All right, uh, let's get into our uh, best bets on the uh, week. Uh, sadly, I I'm not going to lie. I have two picks right now, uh, so 
I, I just, I can't make real bold picks until I totally know what's happening this week. I, I literally might be making my bets at like 12.58 uh, this week. So uh, I got two picks for my best bets. What do you, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I had six, um, you know, four of those were money lines. I don't like to give money line picks. Uh, and then I had some other picks on here too, which are probably going to get canceled out because, again, the whole COVID situation with rescheduling. So I'm going to take two picks. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to take three picks. I'm going to take three. All right. Uh, my first one is Bengals uh, plus the three versus the Denver Broncos uh, as one of my best bets. What do you got next? See, I like that better, but I got the Bengals at plus two and a half. All right. You got Bengals at plus two and a half. Uh, my next one up is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at minus one and a half at home with TJ Watt back. Uh, we'll see if the Steelers can uh, bring it and uh, keep themselves playoff relevant here. Okay, well, my second one here is the Colts at minus two. Oh, going for the big Saturday night game. Colts at minus two. All right, what is your last pick for us? <clears throat> Goes against our mutual picks, but this is the way I saw it uh, earlier on this week when I started making these picks. Uh, but I took the Tennessee Titans at minus one. Oh, the Tennessee Titans at minus one. Great. We both got one. That means it'll end in a tie. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm all for a push. All right, uh, those are our best bets of the week. Hopefully uh, next week uh, we can actually have some sort of relevance and know who's playing and what and uh, have a little bit better list on our best bets. But, uh, you know, we got to deal with what we got to deal with. Uh, so uh, where can we find you, Achilles? Uh, shameless plug time, I guess. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. You can also find me on TikTok at I believe it's that dude Achilles. I have to verify that. I'll I'll, I'll tweet it out. But you know, stay tuned for our, our Twitter accounts because, as I mentioned earlier, uh, once we know the full lineup uh, of inactives and active players for these games, we might have some more bets for yeah, you. So definitely, uh, definitely stay so. tuned. I, I might just. Uh put our whole conversation up <laughs> that we usually have on Sunday. So I'm asking thoughts uh, on picks. Yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> All right. Uh, that's our show for the week. Be sure to like and subscribe. That's our show and we're out. Mm-hmm.